Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples, and I'm here today with Bruce McCurdy and Kurt Levins. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, David. Hello, Kurt. Hello, fellas. Today we are going to do um, kind of a mid-season segment on the players of the Edmonton Oilers. We we watch them um, every game, and we give them game grades. This is a game grade for the middle of the season, mid-season game grades for each of the Oilers players. And um, I guess, what, what should we just take turns um, going up and down the roster? Let's let's try it that way. Okay. See if that works. So um, I'm going to be doing the wingers. Yep. Bruce is going to be doing the centers mm-hmm. and the goalie. And um, Kurt's doing the D-men. So yep. I was away all weekend at a hockey tournament in the hamlet of Alex, Alberta. So I'm just catching up here. Bruce, do we, 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 the centers are McDavid, Dreisettle, Ryan, Shore, and McLeod. Uh, yeah. And, uh, one more. Who else? One more guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Shore. You mentioned Shore. Yeah. McDavid, Dreisettle, Ryan, Shore, and McLeod. Five guys. There were six. Who was the sixth? Uh, Turris is not a center, is he? Nope. No, we no. include. We didn't include. Just Nuge. a second, I'll find it. Nuge, Nuge, Nuge Drysaddle, McDavid. Oh, oh we, we include Ryan. Nuge. Hasn't he been a winger? He's Derek, been Derek center of late. Okay, but he's played most of the time at wing. So, but we can have him at center. That's fine. Yeah, Derek Ryan was the guy we were missing. Yeah, we were just trying I, to balance. I, I mentioned balance Ryan. It. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you guys had Nuge, and I didn't have him as the center. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's get rolling. We'll start with uh, Bruce. We'll start with you. Well, okay. um, why don't we start with Connor McDavid? What, what, so we're going to sure. give them, a, excuse me, let me just, just one more thing. We're going to grade the players on a one to 10 uh, scale, 10 being, uh, you know, transcendental, unbelievable pl- hockey player. And one, like they don't, they should not be in the NHL. Right. And so that, that's the scale that we use for the, for the uh, game grades. And we're going to use the sc- same scale. Um, so uh, what two is, um, what's two guys? Atrocious. Three is poor. Oh, yeah. Four is yeah. below average. Five is average. Six is above average. Seven is good. Eight is great. Nine is uh, excellent, and then ten is transcendental. Okay, Bruce. Wh- how is Connor Mc? What do you what do you rate him and why? Nine is outstanding. Uh, eight. I'm going to give Connor McDavid an eight for great. Uh, I think oh, on the balance of the season, he's been uh, uh, a driver. Uh, certainly. Uh, uh, pumping up the goals, driving the offense like he always does. Uh, arguably, you could split his season down into the first 21 games of a nine and the second 21 games as being a seven, in that his, uh, especially scoring production, has basically dropped from two points a game to one point a game, but on balance over the whole first uh, half of the campaign, uh, 60 points. And... Uh, uh, sort of, you know, drawing the best that the opposition has to offer, uh, outscoring the opposition uh, at even strength and uh, uh, leading that uh, that power play. That was so very powerful for the first, well, more than half of the 42 games played to date. All righty, I'll step up next and I'll go with winger Zach Hyman. Hyman was the free agent signed to a seven-year deal with the Oilers correct? 5.5 million? Is that what it turned out to be? 
Um, and they, yeah, Toronto wouldn't trade that draft pick, the Matvey Petrov draft pick, to mm-hmm. so the Oilers could extend him to eight years. I'm going to give Zach Hyman a seven. I think he's been good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just really like this player. His effort is consistent. He hardly ever has a bad game. He is one of the best puck protectors in the NHL. He puts on a clinic in puck protection almost every single game. He has moves with the puck. He is sound and solid, smart defensive hockey player who gives his full effort. Um, he's been banged up a little bit, which is the story of his career. And when he gets banged up, he, he gets less effective. And I think we saw that about a month ago. He's back now. He's playing strong hockey. He he is a good hockey player. He's played very well for the Edmonton Oilers. So I'm, I'm going to go with seven for him. Kurt, Darnell Nurse. Darnell Nurse. How did you know he was my top-rated defenseman? <laughs> yeah, I, I grade Darnell Nurse a seven. Um, I kind of went back and forth on this a little bit. I think, on the whole, the Oilers' defense has been uh, a little below what it was last year. And I think part of that is because Darnell Nurse's play has been a little bit below what it was last year, where I would have graded him an eight, like eight and a half. Um the guy still is handling 26 and a half minutes a night. Uh, generally speaking, faces the best opposition. Um, certainly is, is, is a heavy five on five player. He's on the, generally speaking, he's on the, on the, on the, on the, the, the number one penalty killing unit. He's usually in the number two power play unit. Um, and when he's on his game, I think he is certainly the most talented defenseman that the Oilers have. And I think he's the toughest defenseman that the Oilers have in, in terms of engaging in physical play. Um, not what he's been over the last year, but still I grade him out of seven. I think he's the best the Oilers have got. Were you thinking of going higher or lower than that, Kurt? You said you I, kind toy- of- I toyed with the six uh, because I, I think we can agree that he, he particularly hasn't been great in January. Uh, I think he was a little bit better, better uh, to start with. Um, but I ended up just nudging him over a seven and spoiler alert, he's the only Oilers D man who will grade out a seven or higher. So well, seven, right. seven is code for good. And he's been good. I, 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 I agree with, I would have given the exact same grade. He's been good. I would say good, not great. Last we'll year, you could make a lot better argument for great. Let's, uh, if someone objects, you feel free to step in and give a lower or higher mark. I, I, I have agreed with the mark so far. Yeah, agreed. Um, we'll do it that way. All right. Leon Dreisaitl, Bruce. Yeah, I got to give him an eight as well. I mean, he's a great player playing great hockey. I mean, he was, again, like McDavid, you could make the case nine in the first quarter, seven in the second quarter. Uh, but he's, a, you know, a major mover and shaker, second in the league in, in, uh, Scoring race first, I believe, in points per game, and uh, uh, one off the league lead for goals. And you know he's got games in hand on the guys that are ahead of him. Uh, so he's certainly delivering it offensively, and uh, he's as usual uh, serving time both as a winger and a center. It seems now that he's settling more into play center on his own line, which I, for one, am happy to see. And it seems that. Uh, uh, the thing is that they can count on this guy to do a whole lot of things for him. Take face-offs as needed, be the Fogo, uh, take face-offs again on the penalty kill, kill and help out that unit. 
And oh yeah, dominate on the power play where he's got 13 power play goals and is leading the Oilers for at least the fifth year in a row in that department. And <clears throat> top, you know, it's got the, got uh, uh, a positive player five on five, and again contributing to that uh, big power play. So I don't know whether to, how to separate McDavid and, and uh, Drysaddle. Their stats are so similar. You know, 60 points plus seven, 63 points plus six, and and both on the you know overlapping in so many areas. I think they they've been great, and that's what we expect. Yep, I agree with the grade. Um, if I had to pick a team MVP, I'd give it to Leon just mm-hmm. because of his performance on defense. Mm-hmm. I would give it to Leon as well. I think mm-hmm. that he has outperformed Connor McDavid somewhat at even strength, and his power play is exceptional. So. Um, he can also kill penalties. So he's, you know, Connor McDavid has been spectacular, but Leon's just because of his the two-way aspect of his game, and I'd give it to him as well. He's he also a bigger p- value against contact. Or, That's you know, true, Bruce. Value to cap hit. Yeah. Yep. Yes, a pulley RV, and and it, this is he's kind of in between grades for me, but I'm going to go with the higher grade, which is a seven. I think he's been good. And um, he's in a big goal-scoring slump right now, although I I do note that his grade-A shots have been um, in the, during this slump. can't remember how many games it is exactly, 10 or 11 or 12, um, no, with no goals. He's uh, he's still been getting a, as high a rate. A, a, his shot total, his shots per game is down a little bit, but his grade-A shots per game is as much as ever. He has impressed me uh, both as a two-way player. He's a smart uh, defensive hockey player. I actually think he should be on the PK. Um, and a lot of his off- offensive contributions, his even strength points per game isn't great, but a lot of his offensive uh, contributions are not recognized with points because he does a lot of work uh, winning pucks behind the net. So he might get the, you know, the third assist, but screening in front of the net. This is especially the case on the power play. You know, he'd have, um, you know, if if you got a point for every time you'd screen the goalie on the power play on a goal, he'd have uh, five or six or seven more points. He's just, he does the total eclipse of the sun screen of the goalie. Incredibly effective in that role. I, I think he's actually the, I like Zach Hyman in that role quite a bit, but I think Pugliarvi's a step above him. He, um, he just is that much bigger and he's really quick to pucks, really quick at, to win them behind the net and get them to McDavid and Drysaddle. At even strength, we we at the Cult of Hockey, we every game we look at do video review and we look at who makes major contributions to grade A shots for and against. On um, so Hyman, the reason I have Hyman as a seven, he's got one of the highest numbers we've ever, ever seen for a winger, which is one plus one point nine per game. That's better than Taylor Hall's best year. So, you know that we we didn't we didn't track this particular stat for all of Taylor Hall's uh, years as an order. But um, better than we tracked it in his final two years, I think, and it was better than he, Taylor Hall performed. It's better than any winger since that, Zach Hyman. And Pulley Arvey is is close to where Hyman is at, you know, significantly less. But he's he's very close. He's just playing at an outstanding level of two-way hockey, according to his contributions to grade-A shots for, as, as opposed to his mistakes on grade-A shots against. So... Um, I, it's one of these cases where I will argue the points are going to come. He's 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 still involved in plays. He's he's had I think a little bit of a down cycle since he got COVID, but I think that um, he'll find a way to start putting up points again. 
And even when he's not, he finds a way to contribute to the Oilers' uh, success. Well, David, to your point, I mean, his shooting percentage is under 10% right now. Some of those are going to start to go in, right? Yeah. Uh, on, Kurt, on the ahead, power Bruce. On the power play, uh, Pugliarvi, he's his scoring rates are the lowest of any of the forwards, 4.7 points per 60. But his on-ice goal rates are the highest. The Oilers' power play is more successful with Pugliarvi on the ice than any other player. <clears throat> He's a little, about 10% higher than the trio that are always out there together of uh, the three centers, uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins. They're all around 12 goals per 60, which is fantastic. And Jesse's at 13.3. So... Yeah, this is like Alex Chason, right, who who yeah. um, didn't necessarily get a lot of power play points, but the Oilers' power play was never better than when he was out there. Exactly. And Pugliarvi is similar in terms of his ability to screen the, the goalie. Kurt, let's move on. And going down the list of defensemen, we'll go to Cody Ceci next. Uh, Cody Ceci, I graded a five. Um, I toyed with grading him a six because I, I think Cody Ceci has ended up being a better D-man than most people anticipated when he came in. I think part of that was to do with the fact that a lot of people in their heads thought Adam Larson out, Cody CC in. I think we can agree they're not the same player. I think Cody CC right. is pretty good defensively, but he has not not as not as uh, as strong as Adam Larson was and not as physical. But Cody CC certainly moves the puck better and has better puck sense deep in the offensive zone. Um, I feel comfortable with him out there in almost any situation in that second pairing on the right-hand side. I think first pairing is too much for him, but I think he fits nicely in that second position. And as shaky as the Oilers' defense has been at times this year, I kind of shudder where they would have been had Cody Ceci not been in that that 2RD position. So Cody Ceci uh, grades out a 5 for me. I would give him a 6. I think um, he's just been super steady in a top-four role. Like the consistently, you know, nurse can be high event, right? Lots good can happen. A lot bad can happen when Darnell nurse is on the ice, especially recently. I find CC, you know, CC did have the one really terrible game, which we, which we charted recently. He made seven major mistakes on grade A shots against, but he has been very consistent and a hell of a bargain signing. If you ask me at this point, like, I think, you know, he, he'd be, if, if he was paid four million, four and a half million, I th- and it's it's 3.25, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I agree uh, on that. Uh, that he, so he's a bargain player. He's been very consistent. He's in a very tough, he's in the top four role. And he's, to me, he's he's doing well. So I'm, I, I'd say he's, a, he's a, an above average player. And I would give him a six. Tiebreaker, Bruce? Uh... Five and a half. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I, I'll, I'll go with the five. I think he's been average for his role. I think he's been, and you know, compared to what we thought we might be getting, average is all right. But I, I'm, I'm right in between too. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's right in between those two numbers to me. So, you know, Although when we acquired grades, we him, I thought he'd be a four player. So well, a five is, is he's outperformed yeah. my expectations. <laughs> I thought he'd be a four two. Although when we we grade, we don't really grade for your position. We grade compared to all other NHL players, right? Yes. Isn't that so? Mm-hmm. Like so, so you could say, well, <clears throat> Nurse is a number one defenseman is not a seven. Like he's not. Well, I think he actually is. But anyway, okay. Uh, let's go back to Bruce with Derek Ryan. 
Oh, okay. Uh, I'll go with uh, Ryan, and I'm I'm going to give Derek Ryan a grade of four to this point in the season. Uh, he's um, uh, I like lots of things about the player, and I like the player. Uh, of course, here we're grading the performance of the player, and his performance has uh, left me cold more nights than not. And I do think he's coming around. I think he's played better his last ten games than he did any time prior to that. Uh, but he's been getting crushed on the scoreboard at both even strength and on the penalty kill, uh, where his unit's been given up lots of goals. In all situations, uh, which granted is, is weighted to defense, he's been on for 11 goals by the Oilers and 37 by the other team. And that's, uh, you know, that's not a good ratio, even for a full-time penalty killer. You know, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's a, a little bit harsh. Uh, so based on that, and I think they they thought they were getting a 3C with Ryan and they tried to make him a 3C and he was always, to me, a 4C. And once he found himself in that line, I think he's been okay. So if he played 4C all year, I'd probably be giving him a 5, but it wouldn't be any more than that, I don't think, because he's, uh, he's at that stage, 35 years old now, where it's... Uh, you're just struggling to keep up in this league. Yeah, I can see if he did better on the PK, you could bump up his mark, but he, yeah. he had a really wretched stretch. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you on a four as well. Tyler Benson. And this is a player who's kind of between a four and a five for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll give him a, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and give him a five. His grade A shots, underlying numbers are strong. Um, so he's he's not giving up hardly anything in the defensive end. He's I can recall a few glaring mistakes, but they've been few and far between. And he's created a bit on the attack. Now he's only got here's the problem where, where, where you know you could argue for a four. He's got one assist in 19 games. This is a real issue for him. He's got to figure out a way to score. But he he is figuring out a way to stay in the NHL. He's hitting, and he's grinding, and he's getting in people's face. He's trying to be an annoying player, an, an annoying player. And he's succeeding at it, I think. Um, many games, I've I've wondered why he's not in the lineup ahead of people like Kyle Turris and Colton Sevier, uh, to name two players. Uh, yeah. Turris all year long, and Sevier more recently. Um, yeah, I'm going to give him a five. Add Brendan Perlini to that list of guy. You know, it's so many nights for the first part of the season when the opportunity maybe was there, and and it would go Perlini. Benson, Perlini, Benson, and neither one of them could get any momentum going. And it was, uh, you know, uh, you might argue that that the order set a low bar for him and he wasn't able to clear it, but I think he's been fine. And he's, you know, his regular line mates have been uh, guys that don't put the puck in the net much, so he can make all the clever passes he wants. Not many of them are going to get converted into goals. So I'm not still not sure we know what we have in this player. Yeah. You know what? If you if you really held my feet to the fire, David, I think I'd give him a four. And I don't agree with your assessment of what he what he's brought and how he's tried to evolve his game. And I really admire that about him. But I don't think you can be a forward in this league and have one point and and expect to stick. And I'm I'm worried about that because I like the player. Uh, But boy, push is going to come to shove here pretty quickly in terms of the roster. They've been trying to get around waving him all year. Uh, I'm not sure how much longer they can get away uh, with not waving him, and I still think he might get claimed. So oh, yeah. that's my that's my nervous number four for Tyler Benson. Although uh, my heart gives him a five. <laughs> uh, 
uh, Kurt Tyson Berry. Four. Um, and 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 you know what? I'm as you guys probably know. I'm a Tyson Berry fan. I like the player, um, but I I think we can all agree that he has been inconsistent all year long. Yep. Uh, and and I think we expect the inconsistencies on defense, and they were glaring early in the season. The problem is he really hasn't picked up the pace on on offense. And and at least half the time in, in the in the last 10, 12 games, he's he's been displaced on the number one power play. Now, part of that, of course, is because he was injured. Uh, but the power play was also sputtering when he was still in there. Um, I I just think that he has to bring his game up another notch um, to to make it worthwhile having a Tyson Berry on your roster which is a guy that is going to bring you lots of creativity and production on offense and enough that you can look the other way when he suffers on defense. And I just don't feel like he's made that grade. And while, um, well, let, let's look at it this way. Last year, he, he, he was the number one um, points getter among defensemen in the NHL. He's not even close this year. His offense is way off. And while his defense has been better lately, not enough to offset his lack of production. So I'm afraid I park. My guy Tyson Berry, who I like, with a four. I, I, so I, I would actually, I'm between a five and a six on Tyson Berry. I think he struggles when he's on the top pairing with Nurse. He doesn't belong there. Uh, he's not that kind of player who can take those heavy minutes against really good competition. When you put him down the lineup, I've liked his play, and I think it's been, you know, he, he's, he's been f- way more solid defensively down lineup this year. Than he was last year. He's played, he's played a better defensive game. He came into the year talking about doing that, and it looked like it was a farce in the first games of the year when he was with Nurse, and he just got eaten alive against tough competition. He can't do it. But you put him just a rung below that, or two rungs below that, which he's often been this year, and he's played he's played decent hockey. He's been steady, and the you know he's he's been plagued in the past by bad decision making leading to two on watch two on one rushes against where he will pinch up the ice. He's cut that out of his games significantly. You hardly ever see it. So, um, yeah, so I'm just, I, I'm not going to give a mark, like a final mark. It's somewhere between five and six because I don't like, I'm just dissenting anyway. So it's not like you, you've given him the mark, Kurt. So I'm, <laughs> but I, I would grade good. him higher. I would grade him okay. higher. Bruce. Yeah. Uh, well, for what he, for what he gets, you know, they, they hired him, and in some ways, he's redundant to Evan Bouchard in terms of the skill set he brings. Though he's done, be- he's got better results on the power play, Barry, uh, than Bouchard, and so does Nurse for that matter. Uh, but uh, for in terms of the unit itself, how productive it's been when he's been out there, which is sort of my go-to metric. Um, but for four and a half million dollars, three-year contract, you know, a third-pairing defenseman, it's not necessarily what you were hoping to get. All right, uh, we're back to Bruce with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, I'm going to give the center wing. Yeah, yeah, center wing. He's been playing center lately. All the guys on my list are the guys that have 100 plus faceoffs this year. Was how we we split it, but I wound up getting some nice forwards for sure out of that. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I'm giving him a seven. Uh, he's gotten a full plus one grade for his work on the two special teams, uh, which uh, uh, he's a Big minute 
producer on both power play and penalty kill. He plays more special teams minutes than any other forward on the Oilers. In fact, I think any other player on the Oilers because uh, <clears throat> Nurse doesn't play the power play minutes uh, that uh, that Nuge does. Anyways, um, he is at even strength, five on five. The Oilers have outscored the opposition 25-19 with RNH on the ice. That's a 57% goal share. On the penalty kill, uh, he's been out for 66 minutes, and he's been on for four goals by Edmonton and five by the other team. They've only they've only given up one more goal than they've scored in an hour plus on the penalty kill. And uh, he has the best goals against rate on the team and the best goals for rate on the team. And then turn that around on the power play. He's played about twice as many minutes, 130 compared to 65 or whatever on the penalty kill. And Edmonton's power play has scored 26 goals and allowed two. So you put all those numbers together, and Nuge has been on the ice for a lot more goals for than against, and he's been given kind of equal duty of he's you know he's he's got a lot of responsibilities, uh, defensive assignments as well as offensive, and just those goals results to me are encouraging enough, and the fact that the team really took a step forward in the right direction big time when he returned from injury a few games ago. He's played five games, four goals, three assists, plus six, I think, in the five games since he came back. And the whole team has gotten a spark from that. You know, if we if we ignored the fact that Ryan Nugent Hopkins only has six goals, I think you could say mm-hmm. this is the best version of the Nuge that we've ever seen. Like, I, I think he's at the top of his game right now. And his shooting percentage is at 7%, so he's not yeah. going to stay at six goals either. I completely right. agree with the seven. I agree. I think he's producing more offense than he's being rewarded for. Now, this is the second year in a row of bad puck luck for Nuge. Maybe it happens that way. So, you know, at some point you think, well, he's, something's not clicking, but I'm not there yet. Uh, Kyder Yamamoto, I'm going to give him a five. Um, he's been a disappointing player on the orders this year. They reunited the dynamite line. It didn't have the magic, didn't have the boom, kaboom that it had previously. And Yamamoto just doesn't, he just doesn't seem to have that elite offensive skill to really get it done in the top six. I mean, I, 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 and I like him as a defensive player, but where's the finishing? He's a good passer. He's a decent four checker. He has his moments, but this is his second year running of disappointing even strength point scoring. And I'm not seeing quite the level of offensive contribution from him as I am from Nugent Hopkins, who's also been in kind of a, you know, this is into a second year offensive slump for point production. So um, he's got to pick it up. There's wingers coming, man. There's Raphael Lebois coming on. There's Dylan Holloway coming on. There's Xavier Borgo, who's been drafted. There are there are other players coming, and he's going to be entering. He's off his entry level, or no, he's he's off he's off his fifth his second contract, um, fifth year as a pro, and he's going to be needing a new contract. And I could see him if he doesn't pick it up. You know, it's it's easily Pulleyarvi ahead of Yamamoto at this point for for who the team would have back. I think. I don't want to see him go. I want to see him succeed. I think he has a lot of success. But he's got to get more production. He just he just has to because it's not going to suddenly pick up in the playoffs when a smaller guy uh, has even more trouble. So it's not quite there. 
Yeah, he's not breaking through. He's only got 50 shots. It's not like he's got bad puck luck. He's he, It's not happening for him. And, he, and he's to some extent, he's not making it happen around the kill zone. I still think he hunts pucks well. I, I still think he digs out pucks. Still think he hustles. But around the blue paint, he's, he's just not cutting it. And, you know, come the end of the season, um, the Oilers are going to have to decide who their top two right wingers are. And I don't think today that we could say that Kyler Yamamoto is one of those two top right wingers. All right, uh, Kurt, we're moving on and we'll go with Evan Bouchard. Six. Um, And I toyed around with this one a little bit. Um, At the end of the day, Evan Bouchard is on pace for, you know, like a 17, 18 goal could be a 50 point season. Like talk, talk about a breakthrough offensive season for this guy. And he's he's not getting soft pedaled either. He's playing 21 minutes a night. Like he's taking on heavy minutes, um, which is why I grade him a six and not lower because of his defense. And we all know that his defense has holes in it. Um, however, I take into account a number of things. One, his age and maturity level as a player. I mean, it's young players, young, especially young demon are going to have issues in their own zone. And the amount that he's playing and the amount of times that he's 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 on the number one pairing and he's playing against, you know, the more elite set. I think it's understandable that we're seeing more mistakes on the defensive side from Evan Bouchard. And while that doesn't make it okay, uh, you understand that this is a process of this guy learning how to be a top four defenseman in the NHL. But in the meantime, he's bringing a level of offense uh that is certainly what you would have hoped for when you drafted this guy, but there's a lot of miles between draft day and, and pulling it off in the NHL. And so far, um, 42 games into the season, his, his offensive numbers are sparkling. I toyed with getting him a seven, but I just don't think his defensive work warrants it yet. So I landed as a six. Bruce, Devin Shore. Yeah. I'm going to, your favorite player. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's not, but I don't actually hate him. And there's things I like about his game this year, but I'm I'm going to rate him a four. And I'm going to say that uh, uh, he was a hard four in the, in the first part of the season. And I've, I've been more into his game this last little while. I think he's played some of his best hockey as an oiler. You know, he's scoring a little bit. He's up to 1.46 points per 60, which is not terrible for a fourth line player. Uh, but he is losing the goal share battle and shot share battle. And his function on the penalty kill, uh, again, improved in the last couple games. But uh, the penalty kill unit with him on the ice has been getting caved. Uh, I think it was the worst of uh, uh, of any other forward in terms of goal, goal rate, goals against rate. And let me see if it's still the same. I got this stuff. Uh, that's saying a lot because Ryan and Sevier have not. Yeah, been. you know, it's all three of them, and they were whole. They were the fourth line yeah. for a while. You think that if they're there for their penalty killing, then I don't know about that. But anyway, uh, he is at uh, Shore's. Uh, yeah, worst on the team. Twelve point six goals against per sixty, compared to four point seven for Nugent Hopkins. Like it's an immense gulf. He is and trending so, up. He's trending up, and uh, he's a he's a he's a. Uh, a four plus as opposed to a, a, a solid four or even four minus. I am seeing some good things, but you think of the replacement level player that they could have in there doing that job. He's going to be at least as good as uh, 
Devin Shore, I would think. And to me, the replacement level player is a four. That's about the what you yeah. expect from a guy rolling in that he's not going to quite be up to NHL average. Warren Fogle is my guy, and I'm going to give him a five. And it's like a little, you know, it's not five plus, it's five minus. He, I, I like a lot about this player. I like his size, speed, his uh, puck pretension puck protection his uh, battle level he he is the kind of winger the Oilers need and um you know in the third or fourth line mm-hmm. he can he's he's got the worst plus minus on the team official NHL plus minus at minus 15 but when you dig into that which we do at the cult of hockey doing our video analysis you see that he's kind of an average winger in terms of like his real contributions to goals and real mistake real mistakes on goals against he's he's contributed to 11 goals at even strength and eight mistakes on on them so he's plus three in that regard uh, our system tends to the wingers tend to be higher and i won't get into the reasons for that um, so that's kind of an average number on the orders third fourth lines which are not very good third fourth lines. so he hasn't been great he hasn't been good he hasn't been above average but he 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 does um he does bull in there on the attack he his physical presence kind of bumps him from a four to a five, I think. So that's what that's what I'll stick with. Kurt, any, anyone want to give him a lower or higher mark? Go ahead, Bruce. Uh, I wish he'd hit more. Yeah. And I'm a little surprised that he didn't turn out to be a penalty killer. Like from some of what we were hearing when he was coming in, he might fill in on that unit. But anyway, so he's more of a you know he's he's certainly not a defensive specialist let's put it that way but he's more of a grinder basher and if he bashed more i would like him more i think i don't i don't mind him but i i for all of his speed and and uh uh apparent tenacity finish the odd check would be <laughs> nice yeah he's not short I enough agree. to be a penalty killer yeah. on the Oilers, bruce you no, know, he should, a, he should be a he should be a sixth player hard. right on this roster. So, so I, I I buy that he's a five right now. Okay, Kurt, here we go. Duncan Keith, here five. we go, man. Here we go. Five. Five. All right. Um, so this was the classic case of it. It takes almost every player in the NHL a little while to adjust to new team, new role, new position, all that kind of stuff. And we saw that early with him. I think his game was very uneven to start the year. And I think it was fair to, even even if you had no issue with the contract and the acquisition cost, you were still going, oh boy. Um, but we've seen that level out substantially. In fact, I just wrote this uh, um, this morning uh, in my Nine Things blog for the Cult of Hockey. I think he's been the order's best defenseman since Christmas. He's really leveled out. The points have started to come. He's got a goal, 13 assists, 14 points in 33 games. He's plus three. His course, he's 52%. Um, what I really like about his game is how quickly he transitions the puck. Like when the puck hits his tape, it's a glance and it's gone again. There's no yeah. screwing around in his own zone with the puck. And nine times out of 10, that works out really well for him. Yes, I do see him getting um, caught occasionally in his own zone. Occasionally, I see him getting caught at the attacking blue line, which is why I can't grade him any higher higher than a five. But I think he is a five at this standpoint. Um, and in that second pairing with CeCe, night in and night out, I think it's giving the Oilers a stable pairing. 
I wouldn't go with occasionally, uh, Kurt, like occasionally making mistakes. Like this player, I'm going to stick with your five, but he is way too high event. He is, he has been sparkling on the attack. His passing is, is really good. He has been a bit of a disaster in his own zone. And, and, and oh, it started out worse. too strong, David. No, yes, I don't. I don't. <laughs> he has been, especially at the start. Now he's been, he's been bad. Yeah. Yeah. But Kurt, he's been better, but he's still way too high event for my, like, he's just, there's too many mistakes on grade A shots against with this player on the ice. It, there just is. I, you know, we're counting them up. I like this guy's attack. I didn't, you know, it's, I, I'm cheering for Duncan Keith, but I'm seeing too many, Mental mistakes, like bad pinches. Like, what are you doing? And so, I, yeah, I'll I'll go with the five because I, it's high event, both good things and bad things. Mm. So they're balancing each other out. But yeah. there's lots of bad things. Yeah. So. Well, it'd be boring if we didn't debate some of these. <laughs> all, all, all 14 of his points came at even strength, I'll add. He's had yeah. no, no opportunity on the power play. So that's pretty darn good production from the back end. He is a plus player. Uh I enjoy watching. Well, I enjoy watching some of the veterans, anyway. As a matter of course, but some of the things that he's able to do in close quarters when a guy's all over him to somehow control a puck, get it on his stick, and get it out when the guy's all over him, and you know, just he's he's got, got shortcuts of how to get the puck on his own stick and get it going somewhere else. And uh, uh, I enjoy watching some of that stuff. Uh, the uh, uh, the player, I, I I'm. You know, David's right that we do chalk up lots of uh, odd man rushes and so on and, and uh, great A chances against, but he does balance that out with some positives. Uh, I still hate the acquisition cost, but I don't think that's what we're grading here. Yeah. I knew you were going to mention it, Bruce. <laughs> Had to get it in somewhere, right? <laughs> Ryan McLeod, Bruce. Ryan McLeod. Yeah, I'm going to give Ryan McLeod a six uh, because this is a developing player who is developing. And he's developing in some pretty nice ways, uh, like at the um, uh, five on five, which is substantially where he plays, of course, and mostly he plays at, at center. He's had a little bit of time on the wing lately, uh, but he's well north of 50 percent on all of the possession stats. And this isn't because he's getting um, uh Primo ice time, at least not until very, very recently, where he's been playing. You know, his most common line mates are uh, uh, Zach Cassian and Warren Fogle. And, you know, he's facing probably m- more time against third pairing defensemen, but also with third pairing defensemen on his own team and that uh, third line duty. Uh, and he's breaking even on goal shares. He's producing right around 1.5 points per 60, which for this player, I, you know, I'm impressed he got there this fast. I thought it might take him a year or more before he started figuring in any offense. And, you know, five goals, three assists, it's not like he's piling them in, but, I mean, he's halfway to 10 goals, and this is playing 10 minutes a, li- a night with no feature time with uh, star players or power play time or any of that. So uh, yeah. I think his development is very positive, and that's what bumps him makes me round up as opposed to down yeah. and a kid his age he's just shy of 50 percent of the face-off circle mm-hmm. which you have to think that's only going to get better from here yeah i i would give him a six too i'd give him a five i mm-hmm. think um i'd like to see more physical play yep. um and more yep. taking the puck to the net i think he's been okay defensively but there's been some there's been a number of mistakes like he's he's not he's not been strong defensively he's been 
at best average. So I, I'm going to stick with a five for him. Kurt. Oh, it's my turn. So I got a, I got a run of players, Sevier, Cassian, Perlini, and Turris, and I'm going to do them all at once. They're all fours, except for <laughs> Turris, who's a three. And um, Sevier started out strong, smart two-way player, and then his, but he's he's got to be a strong penalty killer, and he just started to get eaten alive on the penalty kill. They were sieving him and Ryan, passing between them. You can't have two such small players, I don't think, together on the power on the penalty kill. They're just not. <laughs> they don't. They just don't have the wingspan to cover off those seams together, and maybe one guy like that would work. But it, that was a bad strategy and poorly executed by Sevier and Ryan. Brendan Perlini hasn't gotten enough done. He's been better lately. He um, he's got obviously a great shot. He gets it off now and then. His his second stint's been better, but it's he's just too inconsistent. And other than the shot, what is there? You know, like he's he's not physical. He's not particularly good defensively. So a four. Zach Cassian has been one of the big disappointments. Well, maybe maybe you weren't expecting a lot from Zach Cassian this year. He's been just barely okay. I don't think he's been as good as Fogel. So you know, in terms of a big physical forward, he 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 still hits, but the hits aren't memorable. The offensive plays are sometimes there, sometimes not. He's inconsistent. So maybe he can find a, a spot for himself on the third or fourth line. He's obviously paid a lot for that role, but um, I'm not, I just don't see the consistent smart hockey, which we've never seen from Cassie. And I, but we haven't, but I'm not seeing that, that unbelievable desire uh, to get in there and make a physical impression on the other team, which we did see more often uh, earlier in his Oilers career. It's kind of faded substantially as he's gotten older. Kyle Turris it was obviously a f- very fine NHL hockey player. He's he, but I think, I think it's the skating. I just don't f- see him keeping up anymore, and uh, he's just a very ineffective hockey player. I have no idea why they have stuck with him in the NHL. I don't see him as an NHL player anymore. So you know, he's a three bordering on a two. Any uh, disagreement? He, he he was a. Um... Uh, he was a mighty quick signing, you know, last summer. Nashville bought him out on, uh, I think it was the 7th of October in the afternoon, and the Oilers signed him on the morning of the 9th, which was the first day of free agency. It was the equivalent to July 1st. Buying, uh, giving a two-year contract to a guy that's just been bought out of a big contract by another team right away. And I'm not sure they did their homework. And, you know, they made an yeah. investment in this guy two years and there was other guys, you know, there's other ways they could have spent that market. I was at the Florida game watching tourists play and watching uh, uh, Anthony Duclair playing for Florida. He signed for the same money in Florida that Edmonton get, you know. And, I mean, if there was a player that could have made a difference. And I think Ken Holland. Sorry, Bruce. Go for it, Kurt. Your turn. I, I think Ken Holland took Dave Tippett's advice on the player and is sorry that he did. Yeah. And Tippett won't give up on him. Like, I think yeah, this is a case of the coach, like, you know, coach, yeah. you got to just wear it, wear I, it and well, move on, man. I think two of the guys you mentioned, David, him, uh, Turris and Sevier, I think they'll be in Bakersfield by Wednesday. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Okay, uh, we're moving on and we will go to Chris Russell, the Caroline Cowboy, Kurt. Yes, five. Um, I vacillated between a four and a five. Um, when I was watching him, Early on in the year when he was trying to come back from injury, I thought, hmm, maybe the Cowboys 
<laughs> going to hang up his saddle. I, I, I was, I was worried for him because this is a player who I've admired over the years. And I thought, Oh, that might be a step you never get back, Chris. Right. Yeah. But you know what he did and he's, he has still struggled with injury. He hasn't been able to stay entirely healthy all year. Uh, but when you look at his underlying numbers and the contributions that he's made and the role that he's played, he's been quite effective when he's been able to be in the lineup. And at this age, I don't think you should expect Chris Russell to be anything more than a six, seven on your team. That's what he is on this team. And I think when you, when you look at the, at the, at the underlying numbers and the production that they're getting for him, you think, you know, with this new contract, if you're in there 40 games out of 80 in a year, I'll take that. Um, and of course, he's still going to block a shot here and and chip a puck out there. So um, probably closer to a five minus than a five plus, but I grade him out as a five. He's got a goal share of 59%. There you go. He's always Side been good at the, the old goal he's got the, he's got the best goals for per 60 rate on the team. He must be the driver. Yeah, I think, he's, I, think he's, I think he's on a bit of a PDO heater, but uh, yeah, he's tied uh, he's for been second on a PD- the team in plus minus. He's been a PDO heater for ten years, Chris Russell. He's constantly <laughs> bamboozling those by getting better goal uh, results than uh, than what you'd expect from uh, from his shots. I admire the player. I have to admit it. I mean, thirty-five years old now is he? He's five ten, one hundred and seventy pounds, among the two or three lightest defensemen in the entire league, and has been the entire time. And somehow he's been a survivor. Now, I will cheerfully admit I like him a whole lot more at $1.25 million a year than I did at $4 million. Uh, but I think he's slotted into a place where he is, he can and he is helping the team as a depth defender and probably uh, uh, helping also as a mentor for uh, these young guys that are coming along. So, I, you know, I, I agree with the five. Nothing I, I like special, your... but not terrible. I liked your statistical analysis, Bruce. You know what they say about Chris Russell? He pushes the river. Yeah. He pushes the river. <laughs> um, that's an inside joke for stats people. Um, the Yeah, I, I really like this player too. He's always been super solid in the defensive slot. And there's been many games this year when I've been glad he's been on, glad he's in the roster, right? Glad he's part of the team still. He's not quite as uh, as impeccable in the defensive slot anymore. He's not the sure thing that he was to, to sh- you know, not the sure thing, but like he was almost the surest thing other than Adam Larson to shut you down when you came in the defensive slot uh, previous on previous Oilers teams. He's lost a little bit there, but some games he finds it. And I'm just, he's, I'm glad he's out there. Uh, so Bruce, we're, we're running out of forwards. I'm going to say, let's, let's go to Evander Kane or we've run out of centers, I should say, but we're going to go to Evander oh, Kane. I'm going to do the goalies. Uh, you're going oh, to do Evander Kane because okay. he's All the right. winger. All right, let's. I forgot you were doing the goalies. Let's start with uh, the goalies. Uh, Mike Smith. Okay, well, he gets an incomplete grade because he's only played six games. In fact, he's only dressed for six games. He hasn't spent any time on the Oilers bench all season long. When he's been available, he's gone right in the lineup, and he either played the whole game or the one game he came out when he got hurt in early October. He came out and uh, was out for 10 weeks. And he came back and he played two games uh, in late December on the road trip. And he gave in 10 goals in two games and got hurt again and missed another couple games and played one game, gave in four more goals and uh, uh, wasn't able to go again after that. So it's just been one stint after another on injured reserve. 
And other than the two, uh, I would call them great games that he played to start the season, uh, wins over Vancouver and Calgary to open the season. Doesn't get much sweeter than that for Edmonton fans. And he, he looked really good, and then he got hurt in the third game, and the whole season has just gone right into the cropper for him. And so incomplete. And if you were to grade, you know, his contribution to the team, it would have to be a low grade. So I, I don't really want to go there other than to say he hasn't been able to help. Okay. Um, I got Evander Kane. So he's played just three games for the Oilers, and I have to give him an eight. He's been great. Mm-hmm. He's got three points in three games. He's plus five. Um, he he defended Connor McDavid after Connor McDavid, you know, got I can't remember who hit him now, but it's, it's, uh, oh, that that big hit by um, in uh, Washington by oh, right. um, who's that dude? They, they it was more of a collision yeah. actually. I thought it yeah. wasn't a hit like. Um, Hathaway. Oh, the Hathaway. Gar- yeah, uh, the former Fl- Garnet Hathaway. The former yeah, Flames winger. He ran him into the bench, and then it was, was it Orlov that ran into him and tried that he hurt. Yes, his, like he hurt his shoulder. Yep. He got yeah. smoked twice in that game, but he also had seven hits himself in that game, and he was one of the pushback guys on the Oilers. He went after Hathaway. I loved it. He's he's got a knack for deflecting pucks. That's always a use very useful skill. The Oilers don't have a lot I'm of guys sure. who can do that. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, as a hockey player, you know, he's gotten better every game. What's not to like? He's been great. He's he's uh, he's producing. So, good start nine, for Evander Kane. Nine shots and 15 hits in three games. And he's probably going to be 30% better once he gets into game shape. All right. Anyone disagree on the eight? Nope. All right. I would call it incomplete, David, but he's trending in that direction. Sure. I, I wouldn't want to grade a guy on three games, but he's trending in that direction. They've been, he's been solid for sure. Kurt, Wild Bill Lagason. Four. Four. Um, William Lagason has the ability to put a couple of solid NHL games together. Uh, the problem for guys like Lagason at his level of talent and ability is – the NHL, it's tough to turn that two into three and that three into four. And I think that's what he's going to have a hard time getting over the hump with. Um, I think he plays a simple, hard, um, tough game in his own zone, along the walls, below the goal line. Um, he's limited in his what he can bring offensively. He's just maybe he's an average skater. I think he's a little below average skater. Um, he really doesn't have much of a gift at the other end of the ice. I think this guy is a seven, eight organizational defenseman who's playing as a, as a six slash seven right now. And I think those players are fours. Um, could he get to a five? Maybe, but there's a guy because he's never going to bring much offensively. He needs to string a half dozen solid defensive games back to back before I'm going to say, yeah, he's a five. So I, I put Wild Bill Legison as a four. Right now, Alan Walsh is taking the pin out of the Dave Tippett voodoo doll and sticking it right through the <laughs> Kurt Levin's head of the Kurt Levin's voodoo doll. Uh, okay. I, I followed Alan Walsh for a while on Twitter, but he just everything all his players do is the best thing ever. And it's like, yeah, okay. Turn it down a little. <laughs> and now he's getting a he's getting a lighter and he's lighting the Kurt Levin's voodoo doll on fire. <laughs> I'm sure he has 
bigger, <laughs> nastier, more important people to worry about than me. <laughs> okay, Miko Koskinen, Bruce. Yeah, I'm giving him a straight five. Average goalie, <laughs> average player. You know, he's doing more or less what was expected for him. Uh, you can argue about his contract, but again, that's a different discussion than performance. Uh, he's 16 wins, eight losses, and two overtime points. I mean, the Oilers have gotten the results when he was out there, but oddly, about six of the losses came in succession. And at that point, uh, uh, Oil Country was ready to uh, send him out to pasture or behind the barn or, or uh, whatever. His stats are, you know, pretty middling, 900 save percentage, uh, goals average a little above three, um, and he's an average goalie. Like I, I, I wouldn't. I don't think he's below average, and I certainly don't think he's above average. So I mean, it's right square on five as far as I'm concerned. Okay, that works for me. Kurt, we're gonna go back to you. Slater Cuckoo, three. Um, <laughs> he's been a disaster in his own zone. Um, there's been moments with him moving the puck where, you know, you've seen some ability there and you, you hearken back to the play in series that we saw when the Oilers played Chicago and he played really well for Chicago in that series. Um, wow. Where has that player gone? Um, there is another guy who I think by Wednesday is going to be in Bakersfield. Um, and he signed this guy to a two-year contract. Yeah. That's looking mighty iffy right now. Like, it's what's going to happen to that second year. Someone's going to have to get hurt, I think, for him to get back up. Um, he, he just, there was no one single night where it said, aha, this is yeah. the Slater Cuckoo that we know and love. I haven't seen it. Uh, and you know me, I hate slamming players, but I, I, I find it impossible to give him more than three. You're seeing the same thing argument. I'm seeing in the defensive zone. Like uh, there's just too many disasters, and you expect yeah. a, you know, a guy like that in that position to be low event, and uh, you know, to to uh, maybe not score a whole lot, which he doesn't, but uh, to not give up a whole lot. And there's there's been a few just kind of shake your head uh, plays. Like um, anyway, there's no point in getting into specific plays, but uh, uh, just in general, uh, the play. You know the ice is tilted the wrong way against the Oilers when uh, when that player's uh, on the ice. And that second year, Curdy got a three hundred fifty thousand dollar raise. He got an annual oh. minimum this year. Next year, one point one million. And I just don't know why Ken Holland figures that he has to go longer than one year on some of these these yeah. guys. You know, I mean, and and Philip Broberg is going to be in that in that that yeah. three left D role next year, if not two. So I, yeah. I just don't see a path for Slater Cuckoo back to the NHL with the Oilers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't see any way Philip Broberg's not on the on the Oilers next year. Like he's no, he's I don't either. you could you could argue he should be there now mm-hmm. and um, like by now like start off the year in the AHL. But he's done. I guess well Bruce you did an update on him and uh, he he wasn't he was coming back from COVID and wasn't great. It was this, it was this COVID return game and and Kurtz pointed this out in a couple of. Of his grade reports, and I, I think I've made similar observations either on the cast or the post. But the players, especially their first game or a couple games back from being off skates for five or ten days, uh, they tend to be sort of out of touch, out of sync, out of everything. Yep. And Broberry had one of those kind of games on Friday night, and I basically 
I totally forgave him for it. And I just, it's a tough night for the kid, yeah. you know, he just survived. Mm-hmm. You know, some guy really took a run at him and I was glad he got up from that, you know, and, and otherwise it was, uh, it was Stuart Skinner uh, having the stops behind him. And uh, he did play eight games here, of course, in Edmonton, but uh, minus eight. And he looked like he was a guy that, you know, had the pieces, but it was going to take him some time to put them together. And Bakersfield's just the place for that. Yep. Okay, Bruce, we're finishing up here, I I do believe, with Stuart Skinner. Yeah, okay. I'm going to give Stuart Skinner a six. And I'm going to, the bonus point is just for him being ahead of his, jumping ahead of his development curve and making a huge forward progress this year from a guy that looked like a decent AHL goalie last year uh, with a possible NHL future to a guy that's been pretty okay in the NHL this year and who's been great in the AHL. They put the two together, like he's having a real solid year. And his his work ethic is good. His uh, uh, I mean, he's been bounced around like a yo-yo a little bit. Like last week, you know, he went from beating Montreal Canadiens on Hockey Night in Canada to guess what, kid? You're going back to Bakersfield on Saturday night to play uh, uh, Colorado Eagles. Have fun with that. And he came down and he played a great game down there. And he won them that game and, and to a very large degree. And I thought, good on you. You know, you're focused eyes on the prize, getting better. And like I say, his NHL numbers have been uh, the best of the three. 908 save percentage. Doesn't sound like great. 2.85 goals against average. But the other guys are both 900 or below and way above three goals against average. And for a 23-year-old kid on an NHL minimum contract, he's, uh, uh, to me, he's delivered and plus. So yeah, I rounded up to give him the six, but I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, he just keeps getting better. So that's what you hope to see in any prospect, and he's done it year after year. And so. you know, big picture, with the Oilers still below sea level right now in terms of a playoff spot, mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that out of the three goaltenders, Stuart Skinner graded the highest, if mm-hmm. we said that at the start of the year, yeah, right? <laughs> so I think that that explains a lot of why the Oilers where the Oilers are right now. Yeah, this weird team. All right, let's let's leave it there, gents. Um, we will uh, post this and uh, go from there. So thanks for talking tonight, Kurt. Thanks for talking tonight, Bruce. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll pick it up with regular game coverage on Tuesday night. So uh, we'll be back in the saddle for that. Good to see you, everybody. Yeah, same here, Kurt. Thanks for chipping in. Yeah. Thanks to Chad always. It's a trio. Great to have you on the podcast tonight, Kurt. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.